We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today on the program. Well, uh, every day's good to be on the program, but today's a little bit special. Today is a little bit special, and that is because it is the one-year anniversary of The Core. One-year anniversary of The Core. Hey, we know at least I have three fans, and by, and uh, we just queued up my three fans <laughs> on the program. You know, I feel like uh, Biden. You know, where you uh, you look at his uh, campaign stops uh, during the 2020 cycle, and he had three people in the uh, gymnasium. The rest was the media. <laughs> They're no, just missing the circles. Yeah, they, they were in their little COVID circles, you know, because the tape on the floor really stops the spread of COVID. Um, but I've got at least four fans. No, on a serious note, I at least have four fans. And I'm not even including myself. I have Marty, Bobby, Robert, and then, uh, I'm sorry, Richard. And then we have uh, Denise over here, Bobby's wife. She actually brought cupcakes today and surprised me. I don't know if she brought them for me or her husband, Bobby. Surprised but me, too. She she brought them for both of us, she says. She's good like that, though. She is. Complete surprise. I know why I was walking in the door coming over here, and somebody stopped and said, yeah, what are y'all having a birthday over there or something? And uh, I was like, What's, what are they talking about? It's Fred, then, I think. Uh, yeah, Fred. And I show up, <laughs> and there's cupcakes. I also got a little balloon here. Hey, if you want to see the studio, you can uh, check us out on Facebook, on the Chorus Facebook page. Uh, you can check out uh, the video live of the show. You can see our happy anniversary balloon that uh, Denise brought in the studio. So um, I've got four fans, and that's not counting myself. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm sure my wife's probably out there listening, and uh, we have other core listeners that have been tuning into the show for a year now, and so we're going to carry it on. And I actually wasn't planning on hosting a show here on the network until the opening became available. And then the discussions began about having a show. We didn't even know the name of it. So all that developed over the course of a couple of weeks. And here we are a year later with AFA at the core. So good to be with you, uh, all of our listeners. And we have a great, great listening audience. And I mean that. You know, we have when we take calls once a week or every other week, we have great calls, good questions, very intu- uh, intuitive, you know, statements and questions. And uh, I get to meet all of our listeners every once in a while when we host events around the country. So you get some great feedback at the conference as well. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very good uh, listening audience. So we we wouldn't have a show, uh, we wouldn't have a radio network without our listening audience. So that's important to note. Um, Our scripture for today, we're in Psalm chapter 30. By the way, we're doing final testing today on our live streaming uh, feature for our website, streaming.afa.net. We're doing some uh, final testing on it, so uh, looking to launch that in the coming weeks. Um, so continue to be on the lookout for that. It's really gonna, really gonna enhance our uh, listener experience by having that live streaming option available on our own 
website. Psalm chapter 30 is where we are this week. Psalm chapter 30 is where we are this week. And uh, yesterday I read verse 11, and we're going to read that again today. Verse 11, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. That's what David is declaring there, that God turned for David his mourning into dancing. And so that's what God does for us in our lives, not only as we become believers, uh, but throughout the sanctification process, throughout the believer's life, uh, God takes tragedy, he takes trials, he takes um, uh, situations that are otherwise um, gloomy or negative, and he turns those for uh, our good and ultimately for the, the purpose of glorifying his name and his kingdom. So let's look for ways that we can turn our situations, turn our circumstances into ones that glorify the Lord. Uh, moving into some of the stories today, boy, we have a content-filled show. Uh, Bobby can tell you, yeah, I pulled together, I pulled together these clips in about five minutes, and that's not an exaggeration. Maybe seven minutes. Uh, all these five clips, but they cover a wide array of uh, of, of content, of stories, of topics. But I want to jump to this. Um, one that I don't have a clip on, but it has to do with electricity. Um, Texas right now, they haven't had... Um, uh, I saw some reports yesterday of some rolling blackouts in Texas um, in certain parts. Nothing widespread that I could see. Uh, but Texas is, is, is being challenged. Let's just say that. No one to overstate it. Texas is being challenged on the energy front, trying to meet the demand of their customers. All right? And uh, Texas is 90% of the power in Texas goes through the Ele Electrical Reliability Council of Texas, or ERCOT is what they're called in short. And so they've been moving over the years to more and more wind and solar. They've been moving more and more to wind and solar. They've been retiring some coal plants or some coal producing facilities or machinery or generators as they're called. And uh, yesterday, though, and in recent days, wind just hasn't um, hasn't met uh, the demand. Wind just hasn't met the demand. Um, and uh, I was reading reports of wind, the wind calling uh, uh, coming up very, very short on what what was needed yesterday, which is why they um, they they nearly if they didn't they didn't it. it there's mixed reports on how many blackouts they had yesterday. Some some reports out of ex, uh, uh, Austin, Texas, and a few other places said there were some blackouts. Was was that because of generation capacity? I don't know. We, we still got to figure that out. But nonetheless, the point that can be made here is that this is a Bloomberg report. So so these are, these are left-wing outlets that have been touting the quote-unquote renewable energy for the future. Um. For for years now, you know they they're they're tooting the Al Gore horn, or trumpet, but listen to this report from yesterday. Listen to this report from yesterday. Uh, wind, wind power. A, this is according to Bloomberg. Wind power, a key source of electricity in Texas, is being sidelined, just when the Lone Star State needs it the most, with turbines or turbines generating less than a tenth of what they're capable of. 
So you you install all these wind turbines, and uh, they're only putting out or they're only producing ten percent of what they're supposed to, because the wind's not blowing. But but they, but the the left says, and the Biden administration, and either, even you've got you've even got Republicans and conservatives riding riding this train. I mean, we're talking Texas, all right. We're not talking Illinois or California here. We're talking Texas. So someone talked Texas into going into wind for ge- a power generation, and now they've got all these wind the, these wind farms around Texas. You can drive and see all the massive turbines, and they're only putting out ten percent of what they're capable of. You talk about a waste of money and resources. Ten uh, percent of what they're capable of. If you, if you're in the business world and you weren't looking at this through an ideological perspective, that's a terrible investment. Terrible investment. Spend tens of millions of dollars in some states, billions of dollars, to move towards uh, wind and solar, and it just isn't meeting the demand that's needed. So as a result, uh, you've got the Texas uh, grid operator there, ERCOT, electrical. Reliability Council of Texas, or Electricity Reliable, uh, Reliable Council of Texas, and they're saying, uh, turn up your air conditioners, turn off your major appliances, let's uh, slow down uh, the demand, or reduce the demand. But folks, I, I just want us to, once again, I've said this before, uh, we don't need to be desensitized and um, conditioned to lower expectations and let the people who are failing us uh, be in charge in the future for telling us what our expectations should be. It's utterly unacceptable in America to have to power down appliances because the loonies are in charge of our power grid. Like, you know, I'm reading the Twitter comments. Yeah, you know, it's like the whole COVID garbage. You know, everybody needs to be a team player. We all need to do our part. Let's all turn our air conditioners, our thermostats to 80 degrees. Let's all shut down our refrigerators for an hour. Let's uh, let's order out. Let's not use our ovens tonight. And everybody's, uh, not everybody, some people are going along with this as if we're in like a wartime effort. like. You know, this is World War II. We've all got to get in this together. No, these situations are coming about because we have dumb people in charge. And that's probably giving them a little bit too much credit. Some of them are genuinely lacking knowledge. Other leaders are intentionally taking us down this path of destruction. And so that's the two classes of leaders that we have right now. But either way, either way, this is ridiculous. In America in 2022, when we're talking about driverless cars and robots that can perform surgeries, you got to tell me that we can't run our air conditioner unit when it's 105 degrees outside because we can't produce enough power? I mean, this is ridiculous. We cannot accept this as a living standard. We are not Africa We are not North Korea. We are America. And if we need power to do whatever we want to do, then we should be able to figure out a way to produce the power needed to live our lives without 
meddling with thermostat temperatures, putting out emergency alerts. This is ridiculous. And this is in Texas. All right. So where's Governor Abbott, by the way? So Governor Abbott is really hurting the credibility of the whole Republican movement because Republicans have been talking about this move to quote-unquote renewable, even though how renewable is lithium batteries that have to be replaced every 8 to 10 years. How renewable is that? Right? Because you have to replace the batteries. So that's not renewable. They don't renew themselves. And so all the language is very confusing, very misleading. But nonetheless... People like Governor Abbott, Senator Ted Cruz, and others have been talking about how California's move to wind and solar is a bad idea because it can't meet the demand. And then here Texas is running wind and solar, about 20% of their grid or more, and it can't meet the demand. Uh, so it's, a, it's an embarrassment for uh, Governor Abbott, absolute embarrassment. And I'll tell you that uh, just like I just did, it's an absolute embarrassment, and uh, they need to be... Uh, powering back up the coal plants. By the way, they have a an abundance of natural gas over in Texas. Why don't you use that? Why don't you use natural gas uh, to generate power in Texas instead? No, no, no. We got to have the windmills. We got to have the solar panels, and uh, you gotta uh, you gotta suffer blackouts because uh, after all, it's all about the future. It's all about green energy is what they say. Uh, by the way, I, I didn't cover this one yesterday, but I meant to. But on this entire, you know, move to wind and solar and um, making stupid decisions for the populace in various states around the country and different uh, countries around the world, this is a story out of the U.K. where this police chief in the U.K., admitted that his police cars that are electric, by the way, they're struggling to reach crime scenes and emergencies without running out of power. This is not an Onion piece. This is not a Babylon Bee article. This is a serious article out of Europe. You can't script this. You can't. <laughs> Officers in rural areas cannot find charging points on patrol and are having to switch to gasoline or diesel vehicles. Chris Nelson, he's a police chief for this district, he said uh, his force got 66 electric vehicles and uh, they're having to move back to diesel and gasoline uh, police cars because they can't get to their calls on time without needing a charging station that takes three hours to charge. AFA at the core will continue battling the stupidity in our nation. We'll be back in a few minutes. From whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. It's not by chance that Jesus refers to his church as the body. Just as it is with our physical bodies, every member has a distinct role and function to fulfill. Unfortunately, in this era of celebrity Christianity, we've reduced the concept of ministry solely to what occurs in what is often little more than Sunday productions and performances. The key to thriving in God's kingdom is understanding that every member in the body of Christ is vital and is called to ministry. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III 
public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Girls today process through thousands of layers of voices in their lives from both godly and worldly places. Advice, taglines, messaging, music, it all has to be deciphered, filtered, then applied. Don't do this, always do that, try to avoid this, never ever do that, so many voices. How does your girl know to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit in her heart? Think to your own walk with the Lord. Remember what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit in John 14, a voice within us forever giving us the power to overcome sin. As she becomes more attuned to the Holy Spirit's voice over time, her ability to decipher right from wrong will grow. This soul check is a generous gift from God. Teach her to embrace the Holy Spirit's voice and work in her heart all the days of her life. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. This is Bible League International. Thank God your pastor wasn't attacked on Sunday, but it happened to Pastor Nepo recently while preaching in Burundi, Africa. Twenty radicals dragged him down the aisle to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death because he's been faithfully sharing the gospel with Muslims and nearly 200 have come to Christ in his village where Christians are attacked daily. Anyone who comes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior are easily persecuted. In coastal India, Jayanth planted a church in a village with no Christians and today more than half of that village follows Christ, but it did not come easy. His house was burned down twice. His wife was assaulted, and many in the church have been threatened with death, but they're not praying for an end to their suffering. They're praying for Bibles to endure and persevere. We're halfway to our goal to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleist persecuted believers, and we need to wrap up in a week. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core. Well, just to wrap up this discussion, you know, Bobby and Marty and I have some pretty interesting, enlightening discussions during the break. And, you know, what we were just wrapping up the discussion about the, uh, the Texas power situation. And uh, once again, I'm not trying to overstate this and say that, you know, Texas is in an ap- apocalyptic scenario. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the uh, the uh, electrical uh, or the uh, the entity that manage the, manages the electrical grid in Texas warned consumers and households over the last two days that they need to conserve energy. That was their statement. We need to conserve energy. Uh, because we might run out of generation capacity in the state of Texas. Well, here, here, here's where they went wrong. All right, if we want to want to uh, definitively state where they went wrong throughout this entire scenario, where Texas and other states, by the way, Texas is not alone. Where these states and these grid operators are going wrong is when they add. When they bring on wind and solar and they simultaneously retire coal and natural gas generators, power generators, that's where they go wrong when they just completely replace it with wind and solar with no guarantee that the wind and solar replacement is always going to be there and is always going to be putting out the needed power. 
that's where they go wrong. It's one thing we mentioned during the break to add wind and solar on top of your existing capacity, your fossil fuel generation capacity. And then if it works, it works great. If it doesn't, no problem. We got fossil fuel generation capacity. Uh, but where they're going wrong is they're completely retiring these coal plants, these these natural gas generation plants, and they're replacing them with wind and solar with no guarantee that wind and solar will be there when they need it. Uh, so that's what's going on in Texas, and it's going on in other states uh, as well. Well, moving into um, a clip, a couple of clips I wanted to play. I want to talk about this Hunter Biden situation, and uh, we need to make this clear. We need to state this over and over again. Uh, the Hunter Biden scandal is a Joe Biden scandal. The Hunter Biden scandal is a Joe Biden scandal. So let's don't get all tied up in, in Hunter Biden and forget, because what they're going to say is, well, you know, this is the son of the president. I mean, this doesn't implicate the president. This doesn't implicate Joe Biden. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> the activities of Hunter Biden in this scenario do very much implicate Joe Biden. All right, they do. So we can't separate the two. A Hunter Biden scandal is a Joe Biden scandal. And we have reason to say that. We have evidence to say that because of how intertwined their relationship is. All right. Uh, 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 Hunter Biden was flying to various countries when uh, Joe Biden was vice president, flying with him on Air Force Two. We know to China and a couple other countries. Also coinciding with this is business deals. All right, so you go to China, a couple weeks later, you strike a multi-million dollar business deal with a Chinese company. And so you can't separate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the fact that a scandal with one is a scandal with both. Uh, so let's state that up, up front because the media is going to try to uh, put a line in the sand here and tell you that a Hunter Biden scandal is not a Joe Biden scandal. Oh, yes, it is. Let's listen to, let's go, let's flash back. Uh, before we get to where we are today, let's flash back to the 2020 election cycle. Listen to Joe Biden, candidate Joe Biden for president, in a debate with Donald Trump, tell the moderator and tell the American people that that that, that he has no, he and Hunter Biden have no business dealings with the Chinese Communist Party. Clip four, let's listen. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had, a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. Well, he says explicitly, <clears throat> we have not made money in China. We have no business dealings in China. And then he points to Donald Trump, who probably has few, if any, business deals in China, despite the fact that he himself is a businessman and was a businessman decades before he ever became president. I would argue that Biden has more business dealings in China than Trump does, and Biden isn't a businessman. He's been a politician his entire adult life, I mean, that's not an exaggeration. Since his late 30s, early 40s, he's been a businessman, I'm sorry, an elected official, a politician, a career politician. So if anybody has calls or reason to do business in China, it's Trump because he's a businessman and has been well before he became president. But listen to this Washington Post article. All right, so you have Joe Biden there in the, in the 2020 election cycle saying, no, no, no. 
No, we have no business dealings in China. My my son and I have no business dealings in China. It's a flat out lie, by the way, uh, because we had the receipts and we had the receipts when he lied on national television. Um, here's the Washington Post headline. Listen to this. Inside Hunter Biden's multi-million dollar deals with a Chinese energy company. That's the headline of this Washington Post piece. It was published in March of this year, March of 2022. Here's the 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 byline or the first sentence. A Washington Post review confirms key details and offers new documentation of Biden family interactions with Chinese executives. That's the Washington Post piece. And then they go into, of course, uh, the various business dealings in China between Hunter Biden and uh, and Jim Biden, the brother of Joe Biden. And then you also have the text messages about 10% need, needs to go to the big guy. That was in regards to the Ukrainian business deals that Hunter Biden was involved in. And, uh, and look, now Ukraine's back in, in the front of the news headlines. And we're sending billions of dollars, and we'll get into that in a little bit, over to, uh, to Ukraine. Uh, we're not, we don't know where that money's going. Is it going back to the Biden family? I don't know. Good question. And we know it has before in the past, uh, back when uh, Biden was vice president. But uh, even the Washington Post admits that, yes, the Bidens do have business dealings in China. And uh, it's uh, very, very scandalous, to say the least. So we caught him uh, uh, with a lie there in the 2020 election. We also have um, uh, we had Joe Biden say multiple times, "I have no, I have no knowledge. Uh, I'm, I'm, I play no part in uh, my son's business deals." Well, we have a voicemail that was leaked. I don't know a couple weeks ago of Joe Biden on a phone call with Hunter Biden saying. Uh, in regards to the business deals and the investigations and the media attention on it back several years ago, uh, he, uh, Joe Biden basically says, son, I, I listened, I watched the, I read the New York Times article uh, about your business deals, um, and it looks like you're all in the clear. Regarding potential criminality, he tells Hunter Biden, it looks like you're in the clear. All right, in the clear of a scandal of an investigation, so on and so forth. So, um, this, this, uh, then we have pictures of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden uh, eating dinner with uh, Ukrainian energy executives, uh, also meeting with the Chinese. So, so this, this idea that Joe Biden has nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business deals is a flat-out lie, and there's evidence to prove it. Well, uh, another part of this is the scandal regarding Hunter Biden's just very uh, depraved behavior. Very, very dark, very, very sinful, immoral behavior um, that, 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 that Joe Biden just continued to subsidize, all right, which is, which is caused – there's media reports today that it could, uh, Hunter Biden could be under investigation for uh, prostitution. Hunter Biden could be under investigation, criminal investigation for pro- prostitution. Here's a – I just want to warn our listeners here. This is a clip from Jesse Waters – on on Fox News, and he's talking about some of the explicit behavior, some of the immoral behavior of Hunter Biden back when uh, Joe Biden was vice president. So if there's if there's uh, children listening, if you got family in the background, you may want to tune this out for a couple minutes uh, because I'm going to play this clip of Jesse Waters outlining the the very depraved behavior of Hunter Biden 
uh, and how uh, Joe Biden as president kept transferring money over to subsidize Hunter Biden's um, lifestyle, if you want to call it a lifestyle. Let's listen to clip three. Fox News alert. Hunter Biden could face federal sex trafficking charges for transporting prostitutes across state lines. Documents and videos obtained by the Daily Mail show Hunter paying to bring the hookers hundreds of miles to his hotel. This all happened during a five-month, $30,000 sex binge where Hunter wrote false checks disguised as medical payments to pay for prostitutes, some of it financed by his father, Joe. Here's the story. Back in 2018, while Hunter was staying in a swanky $700 a night room in New York, he was looking for a good time, so he hit up his go-to supplier to see what girls were available. Moments later, Hunter's buying three tickets for prostitutes on Amtrak. Ironically, it's the same rail line his father rode to work on. The girls sent videos of themselves on the train to Hunter to let him know they're on the way. And once they arrived there, there was an orgy which Hunter filmed. Of course, because there isn't a crime Hunter hasn't filmed. So by paying to transport escorts from Boston to New York, Hunter may have violated the Mann Act, which makes it a felony to transport individuals for the purpose of prostitution. R. Kelly was actually convicted of violating the Mann Act, but then again, R. Kelly isn't the president's son. There you have it. That's what's, uh, that's what's out this week, one of the latest um, balls to drop or shoes to fall in this entire disgusting revelation of Joe Biden and his family's depravity. All right, and you can't, you can't separate the two, remember? All right, this is not a prodigal son living thousands of miles away that's just rogue, doing his own thing. The father has no control over it. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are together a lot. He was at the White House a couple weeks ago. All right? And during this entire saga and scandal, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are texting each other like every day. Dad, send me money. He sent 75000 bucks in this scenario. Wired it in a day, not, not for the year. <laughs> In a day. And then you've got example after example of Hunter Biden going to rehab. And actually, uh, the, the, the gentleman that was supposed to be helping him uh, with his drug addiction was actually participating in it. And uh, it was this big, big, uh, big fraud. And you could I could go on about all the leaks that are happening with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. But <clears throat> listen to this uh, article that I came across outlining the evidence that's here for uh, the prostitution charges. The request um, from, let's see, uh, two top Republican senators are demanding Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray open a federal investigation into new evidence. President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, hired prostitutes from Russian and Ukrainian human trafficking rings, with Joe Biden apparently wiring Hunter uh, Biden, his son, the money to pay for them. Uh, the story goes on to say that uh, their request from these two uh, Republican senators comes after the Washington Examiner revealed the existence of text messages, Wells Fargo wire receipts, other receipts, PayPal notices, and pictures of cashier checks indicating Hunter Biden paid escorts, i.e. prostitutes, who appeared to be part of an Eastern European human trafficking ring. Um, and I could go on uh, expounding on this, but you get the idea. 
Can you imagine if this was, I don't know, Donald Trump's son, uh, George Bush's son, or Senator Ted Cruz's son, or uh, even though I don't, he doesn't have a son, he has two daughters, but you get the point. Any major Republican politician's family member. Can you imagine? Uh, it would be a scandal after a scandal after a scandal for days and days and days and weeks until someone resigned, someone was removed from office, or the FBI be began knocking and banging on doors. And so now you, we see that, and then now you know why people are frustrated and, and cynical about our current makeup of federal law enforcement agencies. They spend more time knocking down doors of people who trespassed on January 6th than they do investigating these uh, prostitution rings that the vice president's son is allegedly a part of. So where are our priorities here? Trespassing, walking in grass in Washington, D.C., past a joke of a bike rack. That's it. We got we to get the domestic terrorist task force down here. We got to get 30 FBI agents in big SWAT vehicles to go bang down doors to arrest this dad who was simply walking on Capitol grounds. We've got to subpoena phone records. We got to do the geolocation data. We got to send out a mass notification that these folks are domestic terrorists. We got to notify every law enforcement agency in the nation that January 6th will be investigated. It will be prosecuted. But here we have clear criminal activity. Where is the FBI? Nowhere to be found. They're too busy investigating parents who show up at school board meetings and dare to disagree with school boards. I mean, it's an absolute joke. And and, you know, if I'm in the FBI, I'd be furious about this. If I am an FBI agent, I would be absolutely furious about this because this is disrespecting and demeaning to the name and the, the entire history of the FBI. I mean, the FBI hardly has any respect left. Who respects the FBI? Raise your hand. All right. And we used to say, well, it's, it's a few bad apples in uh, Washington, D.C. at the headquarters of the FBI. Really? Really? Well, they're using, they're using FBI SWAT teams in Florida, Virginia, California, and all kind of other places to go after people who have committed trespassing charges. But if it's Hunter Biden smoking crack, paying prostitutes, nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see. January 6th is where it's at. January 6th is what deserves the full attention of our federal law enforcement agents. Folks, we got a long way to go to restore the dignity and the respect for our federal government and the agencies that it consists of. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. 
Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. This is the sound of not just one, not just two, but three heartbeats. Heartbeats that were birthed through the ministry of preborn. The heartbeat of a preborn baby can be heard as early as six weeks on ultrasound. The sound of a heartbeat changes everything. I came seeking termination, but once I got here and I took an ultrasound, I was overjoyed when I found out that I was having three baby boys. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free heartbeats for moms in crisis in America and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time, and this time there were three. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Did your parents ever use this line when you were a kid? Do as I say, not as I do. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. It may sound good in theory, but in reality, kids base their habits and attitudes on what they see, not on what they hear. For example, if parents aren't grateful, their children won't be either. When moms and dads don't know how to handle conflict, neither will their kids. And if parents never demonstrate self-control, well, you get the point. Hey. I know that nobody's perfect, but this week, take my challenge to reflect on a kind of legacy you're leaving. Do you practice what you preach, or is it just talk? As parents, let's be godly examples to our families and both say and do what's right. Learn how to get your teen back on track. Get instant access to Mark's free parenting course online at freeparentingcourse.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. It's our one-year anniversary of the Core here on AFR. Glad to be with you on the program today. We've got a some cupcakes in studio. Bobby Rosa's wife, Denise, brought them. Uh, we've got a happy anniversary balloon in the back. So if it wasn't for Denise, it wouldn't be what it is today. Uh, but she showed up and uh, exceeded expectations because uh, if it wasn't for Denise, it would be another boring day in the studio with Bobby and Richard and <laughs> Marty and Walker. <laughs> I mean, who are we, right? We are... Uh, Nothing uh, without our wives, and uh, that's true. That's actually a true statement. No, uh, no joke in there. Uh, moving back into some of the stories I wanted to get to today. By the way, um, despite the despite the bombardment of the media, I'm going to say the media. I'm talking the mainstream media conglomerates, the cable networks, the uh, the big wigs in media, if you will, that uh, try to tell you how to think. Uh, despite their wall-to-wall coverage of Ukraine, uh, wall-to-wall coverage of the um, January 6th committee, 
and the continued wall-to-wall coverage, by the way, of Donald Trump, they are still going after him. <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump is probably getting uh, more media attention as a former president than any other former president. He actually could be getting more media attention than any than some uh, uh, current presidents, uh, some during their, their, their current term as president. Um, but despite all of that, here is what Americans say they are concerned about most. This is according to a recent poll. Um, let's see. This is, uh, this is a Monmouth poll. And uh, here's the breakdown. Here's the question. What is the biggest concern facing your family right now? That's what poll, uh, that's what respondents were questioned with or asked. And here's their answers. 33% said inflation was their top concern. 15% said gas prices. 9% said the economy. 6% said everyday bills. Five, a whopping 5% said abortion. 3% said guns and gun ownership. And then uh, 3% said health care costs. So those are your 3% and above respond uh, uh, polling results. But basically, let's just, for the sake of simplicity, let's lump inflation, gas prices, the economy, and everyday bills all into one category called finances. And that eats up the majority of what voters are concerned about. And despite the wall-to-wall coverage on the Roe v. Wade overturning and the misinformation, by the way, which we'll get to in a minute, on that topic, abortion came in at number five, only garnering 5% of, of respondents' attention as far as what their number one uh, concern is in America today. Finances is just dominating people's attention, and rightfully so. Uh, so despite what the media tells you you should be thinking about or you should be concerned about, that's just not making headway uh, with the American public. They're still focused on uh, real issues of the day. Well, um, the CDC director, I've got this clip here. This is a montage of <laughs> a bunch of nothing, but we're going to play it anyway uh, just to prove a point here. But you had the Canadian, and we, we, we predicted this months ago, you had the Canadian health minister basically admit the other day that you're never fully vaccinated. You know, he said he went on to say that he really doesn't like the term or the definition fully vaccinated. It's more about being up to date on your shots is what he said. And so, but he did say, he said, you'll never truly be fully vaccinated. It's, it's, it's whether you're up to date and uh, up to date, according to Canada today is uh, having a shot every nine months. And of course that could change tomorrow because after all, what is science? But uh, this is clip two. This is the CDC director, Walensky, saying that uh, it's time for another shot. It's time for another shot and uh, further proving the reality that you're never fully vaccinated. Clip two, let's listen. 
Many Americans are undervaccinated, meaning they are not up to date on their COVID-19 vaccines. Not all people over the age of 50 have received their first booster dose. Of those who received their first booster dose, only 28% of those over 50 have received a second booster dose. And of those over the age of 65, only 34% have received their second booster dose. So my message right now is very simple. It's essential that these Americans, as Dr. Shah said, get their second booster shot right away. Get your second booster shot, which, let me do the math, that would equal your fourth total shot, right? So you get your, your first round, your second round, but that, but that only counts as your first shot, right? Because you got to take it in increments. Then you get your first booster. Now it's time for your second booster, all right? So we're four shots in. We're four shots in in under two years, and uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. Which this really begs the question about the all of these shot mandates is all these entities and governments that are requiring the shot, are they making sure that the people who got it the first time are getting their boosters? Serious question. Like the military, for example. You know, in the military, they said, you got to get the shot. You got to get the shot. Otherwise, we're going to dismiss you from the military. Dishonorable discharge, they said. What about the members who got it the first go around? Have they gotten their two boosters since? Because if they haven't gotten their two boosters since, which is four shots total, they, my friends, are unvaccinated. If you don't keep it up to date, according to the Canadian health minister, then my friends, you are unvaccinated. It doesn't matter if you participated in the first go-round. If you're not getting them every nine months, then you are unvaccinated. And so from a legal standpoint, you know, the, the military's in the, in the middle right now of dismissing and firing and dishonorably discharging thousands of military members who didn't want to uh, volunteer and sign up for this experiment. Well, what about the other members that are so-called vaccinated? Have they gotten their boosters? All right, because if they haven't gotten their boosters, then they are not fully vaccinated according to uh, the CDC uh, standards. But we told you guys on the radio months ago, six months, eight months ago, that this was never going to end. It's always another one, and the goalpost is always moving, and that's true. We just played the CDC director saying, it's time for another one, folks. It's time for another one. Just get in line. Don't ask questions. It's time for another one. Who needs to look at the data, by the way? Nobody needs to look at the data anymore. Let's just get the shots and move on. It's time to get back in line. Well, um, another thing we predicted on the show is that uh, the money to Ukraine just wouldn't stop. The money to Ukraine just wouldn't stop. We're going to keep sending money to Ukraine. Don't ask any questions. Uh, if you ask any questions and you're anti-democracy, you're against democracy, uh, you're against NATO, even though uh, Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Oh. Did I just say that? Yes, I said that. Bobby brought that to my attention a couple months ago. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. They've been exploring NATO membership for years, but they've just been dragging their feet. And uh, they're not a member of NATO. So this whole, we got to defend NATO. We got to strengthen NATO. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Uh, let's play clip five here. This is no joke, folks. This is a news report out yesterday about how America's going to send another $1.7 billion to Ukraine. 
We are following breaking news here at the live desk coming in just out of the nation's capital. The U.S. announcing a new $1.7 billion in aid to help Ukraine, specifically to help pay health care workers still trying to treat patients even after hospitals have been bombed or closed because of Russia's invasion. The money is strictly for humanitarian purposes, coming from the U.S. Agency for International Development, the Treasury Department, and the World Bank. Just last week, the U.S. announced it was sending $400 million in military equipment to Ukraine as well. All right, so let me get this right. We fire, we fire American healthcare workers who don't want to participate in an experimental shot, but we send money to unvaccinated Ukrainian healthcare workers to make sure they stay on the job. Hmm. Sounds like America first to me. Sounds like we're taking care of our own country. Eh, we're not. And this is why there is utter disrespect for Washington, D.C. because of how out of touch they are. And by the way, let's total this up. How much money have we sent to Ukraine? By the way, Zelensky came out the other day and said, uh, well, in order to win this war, we need about $750 billion. Not $7.5 billion, not $750 million. Uh, Zelensky said, we need, uh, I don't know, $750 billion, and he said it with a straight face. Um... Here's the headline. I'm sorry, it was a prime minister. It wasn't Zelensky. Big difference there. (laughs) Ukraine's prime minister says rebuilding the nation will cost $750 billion. Why don't we just send it now? Just get it over with. It's like the bill you never want to pay. Let's just do it. Just print it. Tell the (laughs) rip the band-aid off. Yeah, just tell the Treasury Department, cut the printers on, folks. They're gonna stay on for a long time. (laughs) Oh goodness gracious. They're gonna and but the the the, what's so laughable is they say this stuff with a straight face. It's like go out there and tell the Americans we need seven hundred and fifty billion and then they'll send us three hundred billion and we'll complain about it how it's not enough. Oh man, this these guys are like gamblers, they're master gamblers. Uh, but they're gambling with the American tax dollar. Um, we've sent thus far $54 billion. Yes, with a B. We've spent more in Ukraine in the first five to six months of the war than we spent like in Afghanistan in the first five years of the war. Folks, think about this. And this is supposedly without an American troop on the ground. This is without an American troop on the ground. So this money's not going to American military divisions, agencies, departments, personnel. This is going this is going to another country to let them figure out how they want to spend the money. There is absolutely no oversight here. Oh, we've got the inspector general going over there. <laughs> well, no, the reporter said it is strictly for medical assistance well, yeah, and the hospitals, one, <laughs> strictly. Good point, Bobby. The <laughs> $1.7 is not even for military. This is to run the health care facilities over there. Um, and then you've got, listen to this breakdown. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> um, this Out of the $54 billion, here's a little bit of the breakdown. Food assistance, health care, and other aid, $7 billion. That's not even military. Food assistance, health care, and other aid. Don't you like how they add in other aid? <laughs> Brilliant move. I mean, who needs to categorize the expenditures? Other aid. Just call it pork. 
pork. That's a very good 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 uh, definition. Food assistance, healthcare, and pork. Seven billion dollars. Um, grants. Listen to this. Listen to this. Grants and loans for military supplies. We've already got a military category. Grants and loans for military supplies. Four point seven billion. Now would be a great time to set up a ghost nonprofit in Ukraine and claim to be mm. a healthcare entity. Or claim to be a refugee agency. You say that jokingly, but I assure you. It oh, will that's happening. Take place, yeah. Absolutely, that's happening. That's what happens all the time. Uh, Washington D.C. They call their buds and they tell them to set up five LLCs in Ukraine and and create a website and tell everybody you're doing refugee assistance. And then you apply for grants and who's going to check it, right? And then we get a billion dollars sent over to an agency. Uh, other foreign aid, one point five billion. Um, listen to this. We're we're sending we're sending money like not even to Ukraine in this category. Assistance for Europe, Eurasia, and Central Asia, one point one billion. So that's like that's like uh, money for Ukraine. And by the way, we're going to send one billion over here uh, to the east or to the west. Uh, administration for children and families. What on earth is that? Administration for children and families. Point nine billion dollars. So basically one billion dollars. Uh, enforcing sanctions. We need point three. But we need three hundred million dollars to enforce sanctions. We don't have enough bureaucrats already at the State Department. <laughs> we need another three hundred mil to enforce sanctions. Apparently, we don't have enough bureaucrats at the State Department. <clears throat> and I could keep going on about that, but no joke. Ukraine says uh, we need seven hundred fifty billion. The next week, U.S. says we'll send you another one point seven billion. Um, another story I want to get to. Oh, this was a hoax, by the way. There was this story circulating that there was a 10-year-old female rape victim that wanted an abortion in Ohio and couldn't get it because of their pro-life laws, even though morally uh, rape and incest are not moral justification to kill the baby. But... The, the story circulated, went, went viral, claimed that this 10-year-old couldn't get an abortion in Ohio and instead had to be dri- driven or drive to Indiana to get the abortion. It was supposed to be a black eye and a, uh, a negative story for the pro-life states. Well, as it turns out, the Ohio Attorney General went on Fox News yesterday and said there is no such evidence that this story ever, ever existed. Another example of fake news. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.